Welcome to Soul Practice. I'm Phyllis Mathis. And I'm Kathy Escobar. And we talk about, every time we're together, raw conversations that we love to have and real practices. Thanks for that. And today, we're. it happens to be the day of Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Mm. And uh, since last year, we did a whole episode on kings and queens. It's brought up a lot of king and queenie stuff uh, <laughs> that I would love to talk about today. And um, I found myself coming to the whole issue of the queen, the queen's death and the queen's life, the queen's job and the queen's funeral with lots of mixed feelings, mm-hmm. I have to say. And I'm not here to talk about the monarchy should die or (laughs) that she was a good person or a bad person or that there shouldn't be leaders uh, or anything like that. But um, it brings up the whole topic of actually the monarchy. It's really a good day today to think about how the queen was like an icon for the longest running patriarchy (laughs) in Western civilization's history. Mm. I, I think that's right. I could be wrong, but you know, I think that's right. It's been centuries. And the the system of the patriarchy that us white folks have lived with for centuries is just right there on public display. Yeah. So you can argue all of those things and the political stuff about it all day long if you want to. We're not exactly here to do that. I just found myself kind of with my jaw dropped to the floor about what we love about the patriarchy and how we hate it at the same time. (laughs) And it's not just theirs, it's ours. It's this embedded system and the mixed feelings that we have about it because it costs us to maintain it and we kind of love it and we kind of hate it and we struggle against it. And so that's a little bit of what I wanna talk about today. So um, I haven't been glued to the TV watching all of the things and a lot of people have, and I respect that. Um, And if I were in England, I don't know, would you stand in line? I probably wouldn't. And I wanna just say, I'm kind of lame in this department, just in general of, for the past big chunk of years, kind of being out of it in terms of knowing even what was really happening over there. When I remember when Princess Diana died and, you know, those things like really, I remember watching the wedding. I remember like being in my house. I think I was home from college watching the wedding. In the middle of the night. Yes, on TV. And I am, I haven't watched The Crown. So, oh, Kathy, <laughs> you're a terrible anglophile or how, how is that? What's it, the ang- anglophile. Yeah, anglophile. I know I'm terrible, but I did actually try and kind of turn it on while I was working, like as in background stuff while I was working on my computer. And I was telling a friend, I was like, it's not the kind of show you can do that. No, yeah. I lost everything and it was just like <laughs> noise. I might as well turn on. I'd rather turn on music is kind of what happened. So I'm really kind of lost in some of it. But I love the conversation on how it's so in us. Yeah, I mean, for myself, 
I've watched The Crown. I've watched two or three movies about the Queen. I've not like some people. I've watched Bridgerton. I love like historical <laughs> fiction in a way. Um, and all of the weirdness around uh, Jane Austen, like the Jane Austen yeah. stories about women growing up and being groomed to be sold basically mm. to to as wealthy a man as they can find like the whole the whole thing has a weird fascination for me um and I didn't really notice it till I was watching Bridgerton while I'm riding my stationary bike going you know this is sick this is really sick and why do I like it so much yeah, you we're know? drawn to it we're drawn <laughs> but, to it but it's kind of this love-hate relationship and if we put it in the, the context of of um, the consciousness of our time in this country and where we've come from and what we're suffering from and what we're blind to, I just think I haven't got it all figured out. But but when I looked, I, I did watch a little bit last night of of the Queen's children. OK, so. I didn't know that there were four of them, <laughs> actually. I was like, who's that fourth guy? Oh, it's Prince Edward. So oh, there's me neither. Prince, there was yeah. Prince Charles, who's now the king, his brother Andrew, who's in big deep doo-doo, their sister, Anne, and then somebody else. I was like, who's that guy? But anyway, they have to, it's their mother's death, right? But they were making this huge deal out of the the vigil so they have to wear all their stuff and their swords and all their things and then they have to march in a certain way and then they stand at the four sides of the coffin and stand there for x number of minutes i don't know how long it was but everything is protocol everything is set up and and I just thought, how, how, what are, how do these people be people and figureheads and little icons walking around? And what is it that's being put out there? So it's like ritual, ceremony, grandeur, protocol. What's the message here is what I'm asking myself. Yeah. And what does that have anything to do with me? And why can't I? And millions of people, hundreds of millions of people across the world, why can't we not watch? <laughs> like, I'm not even saying people shouldn't. I'm just saying it captures something. It's tuning into something. And I think it has something to do with how we love kings and queens mm -hmm. and not just literal kings and queens. And how baked into our existence is the patriarchy and white supremacy. Yeah. It's so deep. It's so tangled in every single thing. And the good news is, I think, is we're becoming more aware of it. Because I do have to say, a chunk of years ago, I... I was up in the middle of the night watching Princess Diana uh -huh. and following that whole story. Oh, yeah. And there is something now what we continue to learn. We're like, you know, barely scratched the surface, but the ravages of colonization yeah. and the fallout of it 
and the conflicted feelings also as she is a female monarch mm-hmm. that, and a decent person yeah I, yeah I mean I guess I don't I can't speak for that all the way but I can say because I don't really know enough I think that she all leaders probably really try and it's a super hard um, reality to walk a lot of lines and prop up things that have to be propped up and be controlled all the time and all that. So it's hard because I think I, I'm, I, I, the little bits I saw of the crown, you know, I saw a little bit of her pr- struggle and growing into it and, you know, those kinds of things. But I think that, um, gosh, once we see, once the scales come off of our eyes on certain things, you can't unsee it. And I just want to say it's really hard because it's kind of things that we used to take for granted are tainted mm-hmm. and that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to, they're starting to be deconstructed. They're yes. starting to just kind of crumble and fall apart. Yeah. Cause it's time to, yeah. I had this interesting conversation with my, with a couple of my grandkids last weekend after we heard the news that the queen died and and they were just talking about how uh, rich she must be. And um, Keenan said, because I think she owns the whole country. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I think that the country owns her, actually, in some ways. And I had no clue what's the difference between her personal wealth and her and what belongs to the whole you know country of great britain and so i did a little research on that and it doesn't really matter but it was like there's a weird thing about privilege and the cost of privilege and so on all the scales of you know on a on a countrywide there's there's a privilege of being on the top right? You have privilege on the top, but in your soul, what does that cost you? And what did you have to uh, sacrifice or pay in order to get the privilege? And was it worth it? And so we're doing this on all of the levels around privilege and around monarchy, kings and queens, those on top, those on the bottom, the hierarchy, the patriarchy, everything is on display in this very symbolic kind of way. And I just think it's super interesting. And when we bring it down home here to middle-aged or older, like Kathy and I are kind of in different generations, but it's like no, but we're, we're on the, the white ladies, <laughs> um, white, straight, married, traditional Christian, maybe ex-Christian we're somewhere in the hierarchy because we were born into it somewhere in the, in the structure, the power structure that we're trying to think about personally, what is the benefit we kind of unconsciously signed up for? And we're trying to squeeze out of this patriarchal system and what's the cost of it to ourselves and to other people who are on the ladder why is it a ladder? Why is it structured this way? But if white guys, white guys, yeah, you know, I um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about. It. I don't have any real answers, but it's kind of like this is what we're all struggling with, and 
I I watched uh, a little TikTok this week. Okay, this is so it was just so naughty that I I hesitate to even talk about it. But there were these guys who do the this dance, this kind of typical river dancey kind of dance, <laughs> and they were doing it in front of Buckingham Palace to the Queen. You know, Queen the 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 group Queen. Oh, the band Queen. The band Queen. Another one bites the dust. Oh, <laughs> yikes! Yeah, but it was uh, a a little bit of an illustration of this ambivalence around. Oh dear, this there's a system that is kind of running its course, and we can keep propping it up if we want to, but it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of soul juice, basically. It costs a lot to maintain a system of power that we carry around in our bodies. And then to be aware of what that cost is and then to decide, no, I don't think I want to play on a personal level is one thing, but on a community level is another thing. On a family level, on a systems level, on a national level, these things are being slowly eroded and re rethinked and that's what I love honestly so I'm I'm a little more in the burn it all down it's oh, time sure. to go yeah. like yeah. all the way but I respect that it's it's more complicated than that because there are a lot of humans attached to it and I mean I'm not I don't live there and I I know but around the world especially in the United States because we have such a strong tie Mm-hmm. from our history there that it's more complicated than that but I think what I love I actually love that uh it is crumbling yeah and I personally um just to you know point out specifics because just like honestly the thought of King Charles is really hard for me and then <laughs> I'm kind of happy about it because I think it'll help everybody move out of it a little bit faster I hope that changing culture my concern though because this kind of goes back to our thing about kings and queens is then when he dies or leaves or whatever that looks like then this new young kind of popular group comes up with uh William and Kate Mm-hmm. And that there's that we're because kings and queens are so in us, mm-hmm. we just want somebody to be our people. Mm-hmm. And so I personally don't think people will attach to on Charles that way, but I can see how they have this thing. And um, and this is what I'm I'm and I know they're doing good work and all those things, but I really truly believe that it has to die by people refusing to do it yeah leaders refusing to do it and people refusing to follow it and that's when it ultimately it will crumble and you know the metaphors or the uh parallels between things here related to church and narcissists and you know systems that I still am like why do people still go like why do they give their money Mm-hmm. to these um, hierarchical, narcissistic male pastors who are leading things that harm everybody they love. Everybody. 
that they love, including themselves. Mm -hmm. And they still go. And it's just, it's like what you're saying. It's like so deep in us to try and follow. And we want, we do want to maybe believe in something and attach ourselves to something. And um, this is that white part of us is just how deep white, the lie of white supremacy is. And, um, and I, you know, as we're talking I'm thinking it would be so good. I just, I haven't been in any conversations. We've been really remotely related to this, but to hear from all different levels, um, of tech and textures of representation on their responses to this, because I, I think that it's not as wrestling. (laughs) I don't think they're wrestling with it as much. When um, you are a person of color and, you know, you're living in a different um, frame mm-hmm. than white people who have their blood in us. I know. <laughs> that's that's the, the one of the interesting things about this season where we're following her death and the passing and the restructuring and all of the things. And we'll, everybody will be commenting and we'll be sick and tired of it in about two weeks. But um it's interesting to watch England do it because they just do it out loud like right out there and we think we're better than that yeah but we still do it so that's one of the interesting things for me is that their whole system is built on royalty like there are some people that are better than others and that God appointed them better than others, right? Because they're God appointed. That was the whole thing. And so and so their blood was better than other people's blood. Yeah. And that caste system that they um that they built and maintained violently, they just were so proud of it. They wanted to spread it around the world and they wanted to acquire everything. So um it's this addiction to being on the top. Mm-hmm. that runs the system that set the system in process we are the best and we are superior in so many ways and the world really needs more of us and we need their stuff so we're going to go and conquer more like this is the history of western c- civilization and the competition among mostly white people to carve up the world and own it and run it okay so this is the this is the history this is where we come from but in england they have one of the the last remaining monarchies that's been so successful Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot to maintain but that is in our blood like i am i'm like 90 percent english myself like in my blood and so that system i've inherited in my dna and so that sense of what is it that compels us to be on top? It's harder to figure out in this country, but if you look at what's happening in England, it's so beautiful. It's so prosperous. Look at all the gold. Look at the jewels. Look at the actual crown. Like there's this pull toward the top that we can't quite get over. And so to see somebody up there living a life it really that's of privilege and specialness and royalty and goodness and everybody looks to them it just calls to something deep in our dna that oh maybe we could be like that or if we 
can't really be like that. It's nice to see that somebody can be like that Mm -hmm. because that's kind of how it works. And wouldn't that be nice? And wouldn't it be cool to wear all those gowns? And what about this fairy tale thing? Yeah. It's like this, the payoff is the fantasy and the identification with, with something that fits right into a power structure. And it's so much more entertaining than, I don't know, living in community, supporting each other, not leveling out the power structure and making room for everyone at the table and redesigning the table for, for a more functional society. Like that's hard work. It's so true. And as you're talking, I mean, I think a huge piece of this is that we do have our different kind of royalty. Yes, we do. And thinking of celebrity and thinking of performers and athletes, um, sports figures and prominent figures that we basically worship Mm -hmm. and we pay so much money to see and do and be like and aspire to and follow and like I'm thinking of uh you know concerts and the rise of certain things there's like fans are like follow they're lining up they're doing basically all the same things yeah with a different twist and just always thinking about you know following the money mm-hmm. following the money and also um following the control and so like, there's people, I'm not saying that I can't speak into the monarchy. I mean, they, they, I think they've shifted, but it's, there's still a lot that goes on over there related to control. But I just, to take that here in our royalty, mm-hmm. our different quote unquote royalty, it's like, oh my gosh, the influence that people have over other people mm-hmm. just used for good or evil mm-hmm. um, and how it's just so embedded and how lopsided the whole thing is because we know about salaries. We know about, I mean, Jose was telling me something about what Tom Brady was going to get paid to show up at an ESPN episode at 10 times or something in a season. And it was nuts. It was nuts. And he's never been an announcer. He doesn't know anything about anything. I'm not saying that. He, of course, he does about the game, but you know what I mean. It's yeah, not like oh, he's like it's. It's all royalty. Yes, it is getting put into a position, and and then for me, the math is this is the same thing with the royalty, like that they can just like dole out that much money. You know that doesn't hurt them uh-huh. to do it. So they have that times however much. And that's, you know, this is where it started. Like for me, the whole thing starts to go, ah, because um, it needs, we need to um, truly dismantle unhealthy, our addiction to unhealthy power. Yes. And to take our kings and queens some of them, no matter how, um, I don't know what's the right word for it, benevolent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or worthy. Yeah, or, yeah, off their thrones. And I just, I want to see that we will and can, but I don't know, it's so deep in us that I'm not sure. And, you know, this this part does cross um, not only um, white suburban women, 
it's like it's in it's in humanity because all, yes. all cultures yeah. struggle with this in different ways. And so there's something in the human thing. And then I think it's exacerbated by the lie of white supremacy. Yeah. And so I think uh, personally, Kathy and I are, are just, we talk about if we don't do that, what do we do instead? Mm-hmm. And what is already happening instead of that? And um, there's lots of little, you like to call them little pockets of love or little small things done in in obscure places that are really powerful and examples of alternatives to that kind of thing. And uh, over the years, as we've talked about those alternative things, it's been really hard because those things are so underfunded, you know, like, <laughs> like and, and what yeah. do I always say to you, Kathy? Nobody wants that shit, Kathy. <laughs> you know? and she's right. If it's not successful, <laughs> if it's not cool, if it's not, if it's not trendy, if it's not, you know, we're so addicted to those, those definitions of success and that definition of power and legitimacy that it's hard for us to settle down and go, all right, what's really a soulful thing? What's really an authentic thing? What's, what's really not working? What's not sustainable? And what would we do instead? That's part of the problem. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. Why good things don't happen more is because we have this big, huge structure that has certain benefits to us. And we haven't figured out yet that we're participating in it and that we've sold our souls to it in some ways. And then if we didn't, what would we do? Yeah. So it's not an easy thing, mm-hmm. but I just thought I wanted to talk about the queen today and, and the whole monarchy patriarchy whatever because it's such a great right out there out loud demonstration of some things and if you look at it with that eye carefully about oh what do I love about this how is that really working oh my gosh they just say it out loud and look at that crown it's got this ginormous diamond in it that they stole from South Africa or someplace like that and it's part of them now and it belongs to the queen up, but does it really, you know, mm-hmm. so all of this, you know, back and forth thing, I just think it's fascinating and interesting. And um, I wanted to bring it up today to just kind of kick off the season a little bit with Kings and Queens, like we did last year. Yeah. It's, it's a cornerstone piece and, um, and uh, shifting power dismantling in a way that is, um, intentional and long story uh and really hard but beautiful work to do the um insidious roots of patriarchy and um and our bad beginning yeah (laughs) as a nation yeah um and how that's showing up in us today Mm -hmm. and this is all work of the soul and it's also takes practice. And so, uh, yeah, it was fun for me. I haven't really talked about it. I've been really busy with some other things. So I'm really glad that you brought it up because I did read uh, in the skim today. I usually read that in the morning and everyone was really pissed off because even the grocery stores are closed today, even the grocery stores. So people actually need bread uh-huh. and can't get it. And um, because of this. And so fascinating stuff our draw our important question that we always try to bring it down to is what are we wrestling with uh personally 
related to it. And so uh, we try to end these episodes with, you know, one little thought for the soul and one little practice to uh, ponder and consider. And we always say adapt anything we see. This is uh, part of it. It's like just maybe what something Phyllis says or something I say will spur. Oh yeah, that's really more in lane Mm -hmm. what I know and need to do. But the idea is listening to what's happening in our soul and noticing um, and uh, really considering some things that are not just thoughts, but actually embodied practices. So do you have one, a reminder for the soul? Yeah. The reminder for the soul is that it doesn't give a shit about power structure Mm. and the soul doesn't really care that much about how our, our culture is designed. It cares about what's authentic, what's real and what's true. And so uh, if you really care, well, if if your intention is to live from your soul, I just want to remind us that it doesn't talk like that. It doesn't act like that. It doesn't doesn't participate really in systems of power. It is its own organism, a wise and strong presence and voice. And if we're in, if we intend to live from our souls, it's a whole different ballgame. Love it. Well, in this moment, like I said, we never play on like what our soul thing is or what our practicing is. Um, I just always just in the moment, but this is what came to mind on a practice. And I think it was in a previous season. I'm almost positive episode, Um, but it came, it came up in this past week in a conversation with a friend. And I think it fits in this conversation is that um, uh, practice on on submitting ourselves to power and like looking to somebody outside of us to give us worth and meaning and knowledge and telling us what to do, our king and queenness, um, is to maybe this week ponder, other than uh, listening to this, because it's the irony of it all. <laughs> we're like tra- talking and we're processing. Um, but maybe don't listen to something that you're already listening to where someone is telling you something and just ponder like, what do I already know that I learned? Because what is a little bit to me, it's like always just looking outside of ourselves and you kind of said it. So it's that same thing, like looking inside, do a summary this week. That's not from Glennon Doyle said, or this person said, or the queen, you know, any other things what is something I read, like, just like, gosh, what do I really know to be true right now in this season? Or what is something that I've learned that I want to hold on to for me? That's not about them. Yeah, It's about us. So I think that that's a good practice. And I, I'm going to think about it too, because I, there's little kernels of just going, yeah, I know this. And it, I, I don't need them to tell me. And so I don't need them to validate it. A simple thing that is in us that we need to draw our strength on and pause and get it from our story instead of living vicariously through someone else's story and then moving on to the next story and the next story and the next story instead of listening to our story. So uh, 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 let's see, it's hard to do, but I think it's worth practicing. It is. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on 
soul practice, raw conversations, and real practices. And you can always find our stuff, kathyescobar.com, phyllismathis.com. Look forward to next time.